whole library, library's worth of books have been written trying to figure out Jesus' attitude toward the law of Israel. And there have been many points of view taken about exactly what he made of the law. But whatever one's point of view, what we know is that he was trying to fulfill the law and the prophets. He was trying to reposition, if you like, the law as a graceful gift of God that gave this disparate group of people in the wilderness all those years ago, gave them identity, gave them a sense of who they were, a sense of their boundaries, a sense of how they behaved with one another, a sense of confidence in who they were. And the law then was about uh, giving them what they needed for right relationship. It was not an end in itself. And it seems that that's what Jesus consistently wanted to get across, was that the law is not an end in itself. It is instead a tool or a gift of identity for people seeking right relationship. Paul, St. Paul knew this in Romans when he talked about how the law points towards sin, um, but is not necessarily all about the sin itself. Uh, some of you may be familiar with a rite that's in the prayer book called the Rite of Reconciliation, better known uh, popularly as confession. And I've made confessions and I've, I've heard confessions, and it's, it's one of those marvelous rites that we have that for Episcopalians there's an informal rubric which you don't find written down anywhere that says all may use it, uh, none must use it, and some should use it. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so but what, what I find is sometimes when, when people are making a confession, uh, they will list all of the rules they've broken, all the commandments or all the laws or all the standards, and, and the penance is real, and God receives that penance. But what I find myself wondering is whether they could go a little bit further, whether we can go a little bit further beyond the rules and say what relationships are broken in the act of wrongdoing. Where in that uh, thing that we've done wrong of which our conscience is sore afraid, where is it that we have broken relationship with God or being less than we were created to be, broken relationship with ourself or broken relationship with others by our action? Where have we broken down the community by what we've done. And so the, the rule points to the broken relationship that is itself the consequence and the content of the sin. The law points toward the importance of relationship, points toward the brokenness. And ultimately, the gospel is about the redemption of that brokenness and the restoration of that brokenness and the forgiveness of that sin as we are uh, called back into right relation and newness of life. It's, it's, it's a, we all know the importance of the, of the law in our moral development, of rules and standards, and things that make clear what is right and what is wrong. But we also know that the law, obeying the law, is no more the point uh, of life than, than making A's is the point of education. I was thinking about this because I've been reading um, Pat Conroy's latest book, south of broad and it's the story of a group of friends and how they how and he goes back and forth in time as to how their friendships developed as uh, as teenagers in high school i started thinking about my own development and, and in fact how relatively late it was i came to came to find it was really okay to think for myself rather than to try and figure out what the right answer was 
in, in intellectual work, I was always trying, it wasn't so much trying to make A's, it was trying to get the right answer. I thought that when I was asked about a piece of literature, there was a right answer in the professor's head, and I just had to somehow figure it out and write it down, and then I would be in the good shape. I'd be in the right place, and an and A would be nice, but, but, but I'd get the right answer, and that was the goal, to get the right answer. And it was probably well into my undergraduate years when I found that that didn't work that it wasn't so much about getting the right answer, that I really was being invited to, to think, in a sense, for myself, to get beyond getting the right answer and instead to discern how things are supposed to be. Uh, that, that taking risks, thinking for myself, offering opinions in conversation was much more what education was supposed to be about. And for me, it was greatly liberating, greatly liberating to realize that my own thoughts somehow mattered and that education was not about getting the right answer that was hidden somewhere. It was in that same time in my life that I found myself shedding a very rationalistic kind of Christianity that, 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 that where there was this notion of truth out there and I just had to somehow get closer to the truth and if I could just get on the right rails and chug along like a good train, life would be fine. And it, and it was that same period of my life where I started to shed that kind of theological presupposition. I don't think it's an accident. It was, it was liberating to move, in a sense, beyond the law, beyond making A's, and into the possibility of looking at what really matters, what's really important. And so we come to Mark's gospel for today, and Jesus talking about pots and pans and washing hands and saying it's not so much what, what we put in that defiles us, but what comes out and he lists, you know, licentiousness and avarice and lust and folly and all of these things. And if we're not careful, we can look at these things and immediately say, okay, we're going to resist them by act of will. We're going to resist them with our will. We're not going to do that sort of thing, uh, as in the epistle of James. Resist with everything you've got. And that's, that's, that's fine insofar as it goes. And it's probably helpful if we can make a bunch of laws saying these things are wrong. And, and make it clear that they're against the law themselves, and that would help us with our act of will. But when we follow that kind of path, we're missing the gospel. We're missing the invitation to look inside our own hearts, to look at those things we carry, those impulses, those desires, those disordered affections, to use that phrase, those, those things that we'd rather not have in our life not burden us in our life, those things of which our consciences are afraid, those things which, which somehow pervert the goodness to which we are called in the gospel. And just about every one of us has something or other that we'd like to change, that we wish wasn't true about ourselves. And we hear the stories of conversion, and goodness, we wish there was some kind of immediate twinkling of an eye by which God would fix us and sometimes we hear testimony as to how God has done that. But for most of us, conversion is a much longer process. Any of those of you who've been or are in 12-step programs know you work the steps in order to overcome whatever it was that took you into that program in the first place. And in a way, what took you in in the first place becomes less important as you begin to work the system 
and work the steps and find your life transformed. Would that we could be like Jean-Paul Sartre's mythical waiter. Some of you know about his mythical waiter who was acting in good faith or bad faith and basically said, I'm only a waiter while I'm waiting tables, but I can choose in my existential freedom to be something else in five minutes. And then I can be a soldier or I can be a husband or I can be whatever. Would that it was that simple that we could shed whatever it is that we feel burdened by, whatever circumstance we wish we could change. But in fact, there's a, we're closer to our makeup uh, that's captured, the complexity of which is captured by a philosopher called Jose Ortega y Gasset, who wrote Between the Wars, and he said, I am myself plus my circumstance. What makes me, what makes me a me is not just some internal existential freedom of choice, but also the whole context, circumstance of my life, the, my upbringing and the values I've been taught and the relationships I've formed and the history I have and the commitments I've made which bring me to this point in life. And, and what we're asking when we desire something to change is that that whole structure be converted and be changed uh, by God's grace. And so when we look in our hearts and we want something different then what we have to do is go about the business that we're about here, the spiritual practice of paying attention to what really matters, uh, commending ourselves, all warts and all, to God's love, to remembering that love in such a way over time that we find ourselves being changed. It's what we do week after week, coming around this table, hearing the story of Jesus, together looking for that transforming grace that allows us to live more freely. And so as we practice generosity, so we can find ourselves becoming more generous. And as we focus on right relationships, so we can find some of those things that are so burdensome to us in our conscience can begin to be, uh, be shed in some way. And over time, as our lives are restructured through our intention, through our will, yes, but also almost obliquely through God's grace, then we find that we are living the promises of the gospel. And we are living a little bit beyond the rules as we focus on right relationship and we find ourselves able to do more and to live more freely and to take risks and to be generous because we start learning deep, deep down that we are loved. And those things which seem so burdensome and so important start to disappear. And they're just not so important anymore as we've begun to commend ourselves to God's care and God's grace. And so it's in the practice. It's in the practice over weeks and years and days and, 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 and a lifetime that we start finding ourselves shaped and transformed more and more into the likeness of God, more and more into the freedom that we're promised in the gospel. And so in a time of silence for prayer, I invite you to think about whatever it is that you carry that you wish was different in your life and confess it and commend it to God's care and ask that as you go about the practice of being Christian and seeking to be faithful in this world that God will transform you such that those things that bother you now need not bother you in the future. And be consistent and God will change your life. In silence and response to the gospel, let us pray.